You're tuned in with the Underground Christian Network. Greetings. I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in. I'd like to thank the Underground Christian Network for allowing me another opportunity to come and speak with you all. We're going to be discussing a topic today that is uh, long overdue to be presented, and that is the topic of apostasy in Christianity today and this attempting to merge together Orthodox Christianity and the Roman Catholic Church. It is a process that is getting larger and bigger and more aggressive as the days go by, and there are some who are not aware that this is what is going on. There are some who think that what we Christians need is unity between us and other religions in order to create some kind of global religion where we can all just get along in one big happy religious family. But the Bible warns us that in the last days, two major things are going to happen. There will be a unification of the world's governments, and we already see that happening with the European Union, and we have over on the United States side this new thing that's recently come to light, a contract that was signed between the American president, the uh, president of Canada, and the president of Mexico to create what is known as the North American Union. Uh, the American people were never asked whether or not we wanted to be part of a North American Union, but they've already signed the contracts and the works have already gotten into play. The Supreme Court has joined in to pass what is known as the Kelo decision, giving the government permission to tear down people's houses in order to build property that, according to them, will bring in more tax revenue, which opens up the green door and the green light for the building of what they are classifying as a super highway that will go from Texas all the way up to Canada, starting at the border of Mexico. A lot of houses will have to be destroyed in order to build this super highway, which I understand is going to be four football fields wide to bring in trucks from Mexico to distribute all kinds of material to help put together this North American Union. If you want more information about that, those of you who haven't heard about it, you want to go to www.s as in Sam, pp as in people, spp.gov. It's an official United States government website in which they explain what they're doing. And uh, it's going to be a real eye-opener for many as they talk about uh, a whole bunch of things that are going to shock the American people right out of their socks as the American Constitution is being swept under the rug in the name of unity with countries that have no knowledge of what American freedom, borders, language, or culture is all about. On the religious side, we have another form of unity going on called the ecumenical movement. And there are some people who don't believe that there is such a thing. I've been trying to warn people, and many others have been trying to warn people, that the Roman Catholic Church has been trying to orchestrate this thing for a long, long time, where they will unify the religions together under their banner, so that when it's all said and done and the smoke clears, all the religions of the world have been merged together into the Catholic Church. Now, there are some that are not familiar with this, but we're going to get into this. You're going to hear some actual audios from Catholic leaders, and you're going to hear actual audios from supposedly Christian leaders like Billy Graham, like Robert Schuller, like various others. 
That's what the Underground Christian Network does. It goes out and it finds these audios that have been brushed under the rug, and we bring it to the public so you guys can know what's going on. And after hearing this, if you decide that you still want to participate in this group, if you still want to become a part of it, send your money into it, anything like that, you can't blame us. We warned you. We will have warned you. The Bible says to him who much is given, much is required. The Underground Christian Network has been given a network of resources. And we've been presenting these resources free of charge by way of the UndergroundChristianNetwork.com in the way of sermons, warning Christians about false religions like Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, Roman Catholicism, Seventh-day Adventists, Freemasonry, and various other things, as well as warning them and preparing them on how to deal and witness the people who are involved in various different groups, agendas, and things of that nature. We exposed the Benny Hens, the Kenneth Copelands, the TBNs, and these others who are attempting to mix Christianity with the teachings of the world in order to water it all down and melt it all down until it's all one big mystery Babylon religious system that is unrecognizable to Orthodox fundamental Christians. This is another message to explain what's going on. Because my Bible, my King James warns us, do not join forces with the enemies of Christ. There is no reason whatsoever why there should be supposedly Christian ministers joining forces with the likes of the Catholic Church, the Mormon Church, the Muslims, the Hindus, and others, as you're about to hear in this message. So the first thing we're going to do is what we always should do. We're going to go to the Word of God in the English language, and that's the King James Bible. And we're going to cover some verses in which the Bible explains that we are not to unify or join forces with the enemies of Christ. Open up your King James to Second John, verse 9 through 11. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that bid of him Godspeed is partaker in his evil deeds. When you have a Christian organization that joins forces with a religion that is blatantly anti-Christian, I don't care what they claim their purpose is for doing it. My Bible says you don't do that. Nonetheless, these ministers, they don't use the King James anyway. They got these watered-down versions like the NIV, New American Standard, all these other versions, which gradually is watering down, or as I say, they are melting down the Christian message. Now, the reason I say melting it down is this. Christianity is solid. If you melt it down, make it liquid, you can then reform it into something completely different so that when it's cold and dead, it doesn't even resemble what it used to be. And that's what's happening to Christianity today. We have a whole bunch of groups, mainly the Roman Catholic Church, which has flooded in to Christianity. And they're attempting to take Orthodox Christianity and change it so that it will more conform to the teachings of other religions. So you will find in these new versions like the NIV, Revised Standard American Standard, New Century Edition, Century Edition, Living Bible, etc., Orthodox Christianity mixed with 
Mormonism, mixed with Jehovah's Witnessism, mixed with Roman Catholic, uh, pro-Catholic footnotes, as what happened with the so-called New Schofield, where in the uh, section of the Bible on baptism, they put a little footnote in there that says, uh, baptism is a sacrament. Uh, Born-again Christians don't have sacraments. In the section on the communion, again it says, communion is a sacrament. The old school field doesn't say that, but the Catholic Church has infiltrated into the new school field to put their little pro-Catholic notes in there. You find these new Bible versions have verses missing and, missing and things like that, like Matthew 17:21, Matthew 18:11, Mark 9:44, Mark 9:46, and various others. They put little footnotes in there that says the most reliable manuscripts don't contain this, the uh, most ancient manuscripts don't contain this, uh, the oldest and best manuscripts don't contain this. But what they don't tell Christians is that these manuscripts that they're writing these new Bibles from, that they classify as the oldest and best, are actually Roman Catholic manuscripts called Vaticanus and Sinaiticus and the Westcott and Hort manuscript. They're not older than the King James manuscripts. Sinaiticus was found in the 1800s. That's not old. Westcott and Hort manuscript was written in the 1800s. That's not old either. Which is older, 1800s, 1881, or 1611? If 1611 is older, and obviously it's being translated from manuscripts older than the book itself, then the King James is actually translated from the oldest manuscripts, folks, not the new versions. The new versions would not be possible if it wasn't for the Catholic manuscript of Sinaiticus, which was found in the 1800s at a Roman Catholic monastery called St. Catherine's. All you have to do is look it up, folks. These new Bibles are not modern. These new Bibles are, are not accurate. And these new Bibles are another Roman Catholic attempt to water down and melt down Christianity and merge Christianity into themselves. We're going to open up to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 4, which reads in my King James Bible, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore shall be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. These religious groups that we're going to be speaking of today, groups like Focus on the Family, groups like Benny Hinn, TBN, and others, groups like, uh, oh, gee, the list goes on and on. We're going to cover them. You'll hear actual audio from these people as they're attempting to merge together Orthodox Christianity with the teachings of other religions and trying to convince Christians that it's no big deal. I mean, after all, they want to say, we're all brethren. Because we all believe in Jesus. But you have to understand, our Bible warns us that there's more than one Jesus. There's one real one, and there's a whole bunch of counterfeits. Our Bible says if anyone comes to you preaching another Jesus that we've not preached, you're not to receive that person. There are many who come to your door preaching another Jesus. You have the Jehovah's Witnesses who come to your door. They preach another Jesus. They have a Jesus that didn't die on a cross. They have a Jesus that's a bloodless Jesus. They've removed a lot of the blood from their Bible. They've removed the cross from their Bible. They've removed the bodily resurrection from their Bible. They've removed the deity of Jesus Christ from their Bible. They've removed the Trinity from their Bible. They've removed hell from their Bible. Anything they didn't agree with, they simply took it out of their Bible. Yet they come to you and say, yeah, we believe in Jesus. But it's a different Jesus. Then you have the Mormons. They say they believe in Jesus, but who's the Mormon Jesus? According to the Mormons, the Jesus of the Mormons is the brother of Lucifer. 
That's their own doctrines. Is that the Jesus you worship, the brother of Lucifer? According to the Mormons, Jesus was married to three women at one time. Is that the Jesus you worship? They claim their founder, Joseph Smith, is descendant of Jesus Christ by blood. Is that the Jesus you worship? According to them, Jesus was conceived, conceived by a direct sexual relation between God the Father and Mary. Is that the Jesus you worship? Last time I checked, once sex happens, the woman's no longer a virgin. So they removed the virgin birth right there by saying that God the Father had direct sexual relation with Mary. The Mormon church from the time it began in the 1800s all the way to the 1970s, if you were dark-skinned or black, you need not apply. Because according to their doctrines, if you were dark-skinned or black, you were a member of a cursed race and therefore were not welcomed in their priesthood. Yet they'll come to you and say, we're Christians. No. They'll say, we believe in Jesus. But it's a different Jesus. And we're warning people today. These people who have come along, who is attempting to mix Christianity with the other religions of the world, and they're attempting to drop your guard and drop my guard so that we'll be willing to join forces with these groups, we'd better be aware of what's going on because this is no game, folks. These people are serious about unifying the world's religions, and anybody like myself and others who come along warning people about what's going on, we are the ones criticized and demonized as causing trouble. Anybody who comes along and warns Christians these new Bibles are not trustworthy because they're not translated from the traditional Jewish, Hebrew, and Greek manuscripts, but they're translated from Catholic manuscripts and occultic manuscripts made to look like scriptural manuscripts, but in areas of doctrine they water it down. We are classified as causing division in the church because we dare stand up and say, this is wrong. And you know, I'm fed up with this. I'm fed up with this. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. We King James Bible people are the only ones in Christianity that are slapped with a label by other Christians simply because we choose to stick with one Bible. They call us the King James only cult. And they lie about what we believe, claiming that we worship the King James Bible, which is simply not true. I've never seen one man or woman bow down and worship the King James Bible. But we will worship the Jesus Christ of this King James Bible. Born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, buried, rose on the third day, was seen by more than 500 people as evidence that he came back from the dead, who promised that he would return again, ascended into the heavens, the way, the truth, the life. He is the I am. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And he is the one that I worship. Now, is he the one you worship? If he is, you need to get a King James Bible, because if you look up some of these passages in these new versions, you're going to find out they're not there. My Bible tells me in Matthew 18, 11, for the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. But for some reason, with the Catholic influence in the International Bible Society, they decided that verse shouldn't be in the new versions. Try to find that verse in your NIV. Try to find it in your Revised Standard, your New Revised Standard, your Amplified, your Living Bible, your New Century Edition. Why would they take out the verse that tells you why Jesus came? I think you better wake up, folks, and understand what's going on. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, we are given a warning. Chapter 5, verse 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. 
Be ye not therefore partakers with them. Why are these religious leaders like Trinity Broadcasting Network, Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Billy Graham, Chuck Colson, and various others focus on the family and other groups of that nature joining forces with groups like the Mormons and the Catholic Church and telling us that we need to do the same? Why is it that they will not inform Christians what the Catholic Church is and what it believes and what it teaches? Why don't they inform Christians about the Council of Trent, the official doctrines of the Catholic Church, which tells the Catholic what their doctrines are? And in the Council of Trent seventh session, it clearly says, if you do not believe that Jesus set up the sacrament system, you are to be anathema. Anathema is a word which means you're to be damned to hell. It says there in the Council of Trent, if you believe there's more or less than seven sacraments, you're to be anathema. It says in the Council of Trent, official laws of the Catholic Church, if you believe you are saved by the grace of God and not through the sacraments of the Catholic Church, you are to be anathema, damned to hell. Now how can a Christian join forces with a group that believes that? How do you join forces with a group that says, worship a statue? Do a vain, repetitious prayer over and over and over and over and over and over. Holy Mother Mary, Holy, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of Holy Mary, Mother of God, Holy Mary, Mother. My Bible tells me, don't use vain, repetitious prayer. For they think in their many words, they'll get God's attention. He don't play that. Blatantly disobeying what the Bible says. How in the world are we to join forces with that? How in the world are we to join forces with a group like the Mormons, which teaches what they teach? Absolute blasphemy against the Jesus of the Bible. But nonetheless, it doesn't stop these ministers from continuing to go on and continue to try to push us in to Roman Catholicism. Second Corinthians chapter 6, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion have light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial? What part have he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temples of the living God. As God has said, I dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Come out from among them. Don't touch the unclean thing. Do not join forces with non-believers. Do not join forces with the infidel. But... The modern-day, charismatic, evangelical ministers, many of them, have compromised the faith. And it's ticked me off. You know, many years ago, I heard somebody say this, and I didn't know how accurate it was at that time. And I still don't know how accurate it is, but the more I'm beginning to see what's going on here, the more I'm beginning to think that what this person said was right on the money. This person said, you know, one of the ways the Catholic Church takes over an area religiously is they would go in and find out what the religion is of that area. Then they would have their priests go into that area posing as one of the religious leaders. 
And once they gain the trust of the people, they begin to merge the religion of the area with Roman Catholicism, therefore bringing the people of that area into Roman Catholicism. And ultimately, the Roman Catholic Church ends up sitting supreme as it merges within itself the teachings of other religions. I understand there's something out there called the New Catechism, in which the Roman Catholic Church branches out its wings to include everybody, saying that you can be a Hindu and still be a good Catholic. You can be a Buddhist and still be a Catholic. You can be a Muslim and still be a Catholic. I say, no, thank you. I want no part of the Catholic Church. I, my, my heart goes out for the Catholic people. I don't hate the Catholic people. Most of the Catholic people, their heart's in the right place, but their spirits are in the wrong place. They're in the wrong place because they're following an organization that claims to represent Jesus Christ while it fights against Jesus Christ with every step it takes. It claims to believe in the Bible, yet it places in front of the Bible the traditions of the church, the words of the Pope, the words of this man and that man and this leader and that leader, and the Bible ends up taking a way back seat, way back here. I would hope the Catholic would pull out a King James Bible and begin to read what it actually says. One thing I often do with Roman Catholics is I take them to their own Bible and show them their Bible has verses missing. The very same verses these new versions have missing, the Catholic Bible has missing, because they're translated from the same manuscripts. Now, there are some people who don't believe that there is a movement going on called the ecumenical movement in which the Catholic Church is trying to merge the religions of the world into herself. So I want you to hear right from the Catholic Church themselves. At this speech that was given, I was not able to catch the name of the Catholic bishop that was speaking. But he was talking about John Paul, who was calling to Italy the leaders of the world's religions, that they would gather before him to call upon their gods. And he names off the list, a short list, of some of the religions that showed up. And I want you to hear right from the Catholic Church's own leadership, their own bishop, the acknowledgement that this is what they are attempting to do. And the Bible warns us this coming world religion is not of God. But you will hear this bishop say, what we are doing is moving us closer to the prophesied world religion. Listen to it for yourself. I believe mankind took one giant step towards the uniting of all world religions into one at Assisi, Italy in 1986, where Pope John Paul II gathered all the leaders of the world's major religions to pray for peace. There were snake worshippers, fire worshippers, spiritists, animists, Protestants, Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, North American witch doctors. As they walked to the microphone to pray, the Pope said they were all praying to the same God and that their prayers were creating a spiritual energy that was bringing about a new climate of peace. John Paul II allowed his good friend, the Dalai Lama, to put the Buddha on the altar in St. Peter's Church in Assisi and with his monks to have a Buddhist worship ceremony there while Shintoists chanted and rang their bells outside. The final steps are being taken to form the prophesied world religion before our very eyes. It does sound to me like the Roman Catholic Church has an intention of unifying the world's religions under itself, as I was just saying. Next up, you're going to hear another audio from a Roman Catholic priest by the name of Tom Forrest, as he has gathered together in front of these religious leaders 
And he's going to say, we can't do this alone. Do we have your help? Or something like that. And you're going to hear the people scream out, yes. That you will stand and respectfully welcome uh, Father Tom Forrest. Redemptorist priest Father Tom Forrest inspires us to be part of the team and carry this message of Jesus' love to our generation. To convert this pagan world, we have to be more than workers of signs and wonders. In our holiness, we must be the sign. We must be the wonder. Now, I said we couldn't do it alone. That's what this meeting's all about. Are we a team? Yes. Let's show. I'm hoping now that some of you are beginning to understand what we're up against. We have some very powerful people within the Catholic Church which have for many, many years been chipping away at Christianity from many, many different venues, whether it be Trinity Broadcasting Network, which leans toward approval of the Catholic Church, promotes Catholic uh, various different Catholic things, such as many years ago at the uh, in Denver, there was a youth rally in which the Pope of Rome was brought in. And who sponsored it? Trinity Broadcasting Network. Some of you don't know about that. So let me let you hear some of the audio. As Paul Crouch himself admits, admits that they sponsored this event. Take a listen to this Paul audio. Crouch uh, and uh, Hal Lindsey. Isn't, isn't this scenario of bringing the Pope into it, isn't that going to cause our Catholic friends a little heartburn? Uh, well, I, I don't think so because uh, <laughs> I brought in the prophecies of Fatima, oh. which predicts that the, the second Pope after this Pope will be uh, somehow involved with the Antichrist. You know what? That's right. I read that. You read it, didn't you? The well, I, children so, in Portugal that saw exactly the... Exactly, the children of Fatima. Yeah. They made this prophecy which has been kept in the Vatican. And every pope has known about them. And I don't think any pope was ever as troubled by them as the present pope. I mean, yeah. he, he is troubled. He said, I know that... He said, I greatly fear that a future pope will either be the Antichrist or he will be wrapped up with it. So I'm not saying something as a Protestant trying to hit at the Catholic Church. This is something the Catholic Church itself has already said. Has seen. Yeah, the, yeah. the present Pope has seen. Because the present Pope, John Paul II, he's a good man. He, he's a man of faith. I, yeah. We covered him at Denver, Colorado a couple very, of years ago. It would and, be very difficult to say <laughs> that he's not. Now, I know a lot of Protestants out there will get their dander up and so forth but look uh, folks a person is a, a person is not a Christian because of the system he has to be a part of a person is a believer in Jesus if, if he comes to a personal faith in Jesus Christ he is born again and he is 
truly a Christian. Uh -huh. Even though they may be wrapped up in some things that don't fit. Well, you know there's probably things in the Catholic Church that Pope John Paul doesn't even agree probably with. Probably so. You know, I'm sure of it. Certainly Mal uh, Malachi Martin has yeah. uh, brought this out and by this blood, you know, it's, a, it's quite a book. I heard John Paul stand in Denver, Colorado, what, two years or three years ago yeah. when he came to that great youth conference? Yes. Now, that audio that you just heard was Paul Crouch with Hal Lindsey. And you hear the praise and adoration they give to the Pope of Rome, trying to get us to believe they're all Christians. But wait a second. Uh, to my knowledge, Pope John Paul was known as the Marian Pope because he worshipped Mary. Not the Christian Pope, a Marian Pope. The whole Catholic Church revolves around the worship of Mary. But again, as you're seeing, this attempt to merge Orthodox Christianity in with the Catholic Church goes up to the highest echelons of the popular name brand Christian ministers that are out there. And who is the most popular name brand, supposedly, Christian minister than the evangelist Billy Graham? Let me ask you a question. What is necessary for a person to be saved? They must believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in his death, burial, resurrection. He was seen when he rose from the dead as evidence that he rose. If you deny that Jesus is who he says he is, how can you be a Christian? Can a person who doesn't know Jesus go to heaven? If you don't know the name of Jesus and you die without Jesus Christ, do you go to heaven? My Bible says no. But what does Billy Graham say? I think it's very important. Look, I'm not here to destroy anybody's ministry. I'm not here to tear anybody down. But if this is what the man believes to the point that he's willing to say it publicly, I think you need to hear it. Because one thing that I tend to notice when you begin to look up the speeches of Billy Graham, when he stands in front of a Christian audience, he teaches a very ecumenical style teaching but heavy on the Christian side. But when he stands in front of a Catholic audience, he'll preach an ecumenical message heavy on the Catholic side. His message seems to change depending on who he's speaking to. But when it comes to this issue of salvation, which is the most important decision a human being can make as to whether or not they're going to reject or accept Jesus Christ, I think you need to hear what Billy Graham himself has to say concerning who goes to heaven and who doesn't go to heaven. This interview is being held with Robert Schuller of the Crystal Cathedral. Robert Schuller asked him something like, so what's the future of Christianity today? This is Billy Graham's answer. Take Tell me, what do you think is the future of Christianity? Well, Christianity and being a true believer, you know, I think there's the, the, the body of Christ, which comes from all the Christian groups around the world, or outside the Christian groups. I think everybody that, that loves Christ or knows Christ, whether they're conscious of it or not, they're members of the body of Christ. And I don't think that we're going to see a great sweeping a uh, revival that will turn the whole world to Christ at any time. I think James answered that, the Apostle James, 
in the first council in Jerusalem when he said that God's purpose for this age is to call out a people for his name. And that's what God is doing today. He's calling people for, out of the, the world for his name, whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world or the Christian world or the non-believing world. Uh, they are members of the body of Christ because they've been called by God. They may not even know the name of Jesus, but uh, they know in their heart that they need something that they don't have, and they turn to the only light that they have, and I think that they are saved and that they're going to be with us in heaven. This is fantastic. And I'm so thrilled to hear you say that. There's a wideness in God's mercy. There is. There definitely is. Uh, you knew Fulton Sheen. You knew Norman Peale. Your comments on both of these men. I think that uh, the primary way of communicating is to live the life. Let people see that you're living what you proclaim. And I think both of them lived it. And uh, I knew both of them as you did and loved them both. And I have in my book a story of how Fulton Sheen came to my apartment on a train once and we had two or three hours together. And when I went to his funeral, they took me right up to the place of burial. And I felt I had lost a very dear friend. And since that time, the whole relationship between me and my work and uh, you and your work and the Roman Catholic Church has changed. They open their arms and welcome us, and we have the support of the Catholic Church almost everywhere we go. And uh, I think that uh, we must come to the place where we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and not on what denomination or what church or what group we belong to. Once again, we hear about the Catholic connection in the Billy Graham ministry, that he has the approval and the backup of the Catholic Church. Why in the world would a man like Billy Graham join forces with a group like the Catholic Church? You know, something's wrong here. Something's very, very wrong. And do you notice Robert Schuller's reaction? Excitement, bliss at what the evangelist Billy Graham had to say. And he says the primary way of presenting the message is to live the life. No, the primary way of presenting the message is preach the word. Preach the word. Anybody in any religion can live a moral life. That doesn't mean their religion is right. Belief on the Lord Jesus Christ of our Bible. The one who is God manifest in the flesh. That is the one we ought to be preaching about. He's Mr. Mark. And any man that would claim to be a Christian and turn around and say, you don't even have to know the name of Jesus and you're still going to heaven, something's wrong with that and I'm fed up with this. I'm fed up with the games of these ministers, big-name ministers, joining forces with anti-Christian groups, and they're turning around to you and me and saying, we need to do the same. Now, I've informed you earlier about what the Mormon Church teaches, what the Catholic Church teaches. This next audio by Billy Graham was taken on the Larry King live show. Larry King asked him, what do you think of the Mormons? What do you think of the Roman Catholic Church? Take a listen to Billy Graham's answer. 
other, what do you think of like Mormonism, Catholicism, other faiths within the Christian concept? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I have wonderful fellowship with all of them. Uh, for You're example, comfortable with Salt Lake City? You're comfortable with the Vatican? Oh, I'm very comfortable with the Vatican. I've been to see the Pope several times. And in fact, the night, that, I mean, the day that he was inaugurated or made Pope, I was preaching in his cathedral in Krakow. I was his guest. You were preaching in his church the day he was made Pope. That is correct. In Krakow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you must have been shocked. Of course I was. There was shouting on the streets, you know, the next day, uh, Polish Pope, Polish Pope. And I knew it wasn't Dashinsky. I'd just been with him in Warsaw where I'd received an honorary doctorate. And uh, from the uh, uh, school there. And uh, my next stop was in uh, Krakow as the guest of Boitiwa. Uh, there were just two cardinals in uh, Poland at that time. You like this Pope? I like him very much. He's very conservative. He. Um, but not about socially. He's a liberal socially. I mean, yes. wealthy nations. He yes. Wants to share the wealth. And That's right. He and I agree on almost everything. And George Bush? I love them. That's, to me... Like everybody. No, they, to me, they're the greatest of all the families. Uh, as a family? As a family. They really are a family. They really are a family. You like the Clintons? I like the Clintons very much. You're a big admirer of hers, right? Yes. On I this think. program, you have defended I, her. I think a great deal of Hillary. You also revealed the other day, and no one could, this was a shock, that you are a Democrat. Yes, I've been a Democrat. You couldn't live in North Carolina when I grew up and not be a Democrat. Mr. Clinton and I have known each other since he was 14 years old. And I've been to Arkansas several times with him, and he has uh, presented me on occasions. He's made speeches about me. But uh, he has other people that uh, yeah. pray, pray with him and talk with him about spiritual things. Well, I think that audio pretty much says all that needs to be said. There's just so much in there about his political views, about him saying that he and the Pope have uh, there are a lot of beliefs in common, etc. I think you know what side of the fence Billy Graham is on, sadly. There's a lot of people that's been uh, deceived by this kind of teaching. But he's not the only one. There's one more we're going to cover very quickly before we get to focus on the family. Next up, we have a minister by the name of Jack Van Empey. Now, this man, I understand, used to be a, a man who speaked out against the Catholic Church and what was going on, and then all of a sudden, he began to have this great big change of heart, and he claims he started reading volumes and volumes of Catholic literature, and next thing you know, he's starting to believe what the Catholics believe. He's starting to believe that the Pope is right. He's starting to believe in Roman Catholicism, and listen to how he grips you with his emotion, grips you with his story, the compassion that he's reaching out that these Catholic people are, they're just Christians. I mean, they're our brothers, you see. And you need to, you need to stop fighting against this, this movement to unify. Listen to how he presents this, ladies and gentlemen. As he tries to make anybody who speaks out against the Catholic Church look like they're an imbecile and wrong for doing so. And listen also to him say that from now on, he will preach their message. That's right. You'll hear it for your own ears right here. 
on the Underground Christian Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Van Impey. In my lifetime, I used to use Haley's Pocket Handbook and the Two Babylons by Hislop to knock my brothers and sisters in other denominations. And then the Spirit of God started to do something in my heart about 10 years ago. And I'm a different man. And I, just in the last four weeks, have read 25 volumes on the Catholic Church, the Pope. And here are just a few of them, so you know what I'm talking about. So don't write and say, hey, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. And try to correct me, because I know everything there is to know about Christianity, Catholicism, Protestantism. I used to be an opponent and worked against other brothers and sisters in Christ, but this book, the Catechism, really opened my eyes. I used to hear it said that Catholics were not allowed to read the Bible. In the Catechism, this new one, there are seven to 10,000 Bible verses and everything this Pope says, even his book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, is backed by the Word of God. And I'm going to say some things that'll shock you today. 10 years ago, when I started my quest for unity, I lost all my support. The churches cut me off. I faced bankruptcy. But God brought us back. I'm willing to pay any price, any price, even if I had to go off the air again, to take the stand I'm going to take today on my love for my brothers and sisters in the Catholic and all the different Protestant churches. This Pope loves people. Styling Revelations, Pope John Paul II. Now, Pope John Paul II was not the first to speak about ecumenicalism and unity. Actually, Pope John XXIII was the first to speak about it. But as you well know, this Pope continues the theme so very, very much. In fact, we cannot remain separated. This is his cry. And from the Vatican magazine, that they may all be one. Now, inside of this magazine, he carries on the theme, this task I cannot carry out by myself. And he is saying this, of course, to his cardinals. And then another cover. For the sake of unity, in a dramatic gesture aimed at ending centuries of Christian division, Pope John Paul II offers to change the way papacy primacy functions. Can the papacy change? A very big question. Rick Sella, he says, yes, I will even pass out authority to bishops, to others in the future if we can unite in Jesus and be one. I tell you, I want to weep. It's, it's so moving. Yes. And I want to ask for forgiveness, too. 1976, I was invited to Scotland to be the evangelist for the World Congress of Fundamentalists. It was headed up by Ian Paisley, as far as the European segment was concerned. And this is the man who often leads the Protestants to the front, and they kill one another. Minister of the Gospel. When I was there, I was to preach a sermon on dangerous evangelism and knock Billy Graham because he would often unite with Catholics. I couldn't get it across my heart to do it. I was dividing the Christians. I ask for your forgiveness. Until I die, 
I'll proclaim nothing but love for all my brothers and sisters in Christ, my Catholic brothers and sisters, Protestant brothers and sisters, Christian reformers, Lutherans. I don't care what label you are. And you know, Jack, there are so many other Protestant ministers who are doing the same yes. thing as you, yes. like Bill Bright of Campus Crusade Chuck and Chuck Colson. Southern Baptists. Southern Baptists yeah. are trying to unite the body of Christ, those who really know and love the Lord. And now, Chuck Oman, our announcer, is coming once again to tell you about our offer of the week. And you know, Chuck, this was quite a heart-moving program, wasn't it? Rexella, I was deeply moved as Pope John Paul II opened his humble heart of love to all of us. Billy Graham calls him the moral voice of the 20th century. And I agree. Jack, this was a great program. Thank you. And we'll continue on this theme next week. The things on which Catholics and Protestants agree. Pope John Paul II says there's much more on which we agree than on what we disagree. And you're going to be shocked. Even the great... And he went on to say this. ...often misrepresent our Catholic brothers and sisters what they teach. And now that I know the truth, I will stand for what is right and teach what is right according to their beliefs. And oh, you Catholic people, listen to your leaders and priests and cardinals and popes. <laughs> agree with me. Right, another cardinal. That it's here, folks. Thank God for these great Catholic leaders, cardinals, popes, who say it's near. Be ready. So actually, you know, Jack, they base all of their anticipation on the coming of the Lord on the Bible. Yes, we agree on all these things. It's, it's exciting to have read all these Catholic books. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was stirred. <laughs> well, those are just some of the things that he had to say. And you can hear the very pro-Catholic vibe that he's giving off there as he's telling them to listen to their popes and listen to their cardinals and listen to their... What about listening to the Bible? What about reading the Bible, studying the Bible? But I guess that doesn't matter when you're trying to merge people with a non-Christian religion. Well, we're about to jump on the focus in the family, and then we're going to end this. Just want to let you know a few things about what's happening over there on that end of the road, right here on the Underground Christian Network. Focus on the family. I've been sitting on an audio for years, wondering what to do with this. So let me explain to you very quickly what the audios are. It's two tapes, two interviews. A radio program called Unraveling a New World Order had gotten wind that something had happened inside Focus on the Family that was very disturbing. What happened was this. There was a man there whose name has slipped my mind. I need to get a hold of the tape. I let a friend, actually I let my pastor borrow the tape. I need to get the tape back, and I may, if the Underground Christian Network wants to, may have them put both the interviews up on the Underground Christian Network so that all of y'all can hear exactly what went down here. What happened is this. Dr. James Dobson focused on the family in order to increase his power. See, this is a worldwide organization focused on the family with many different branches that come from it. In order to increase their power, according to them, this is by their own admission, in order to lobby the United Nations to push forward family-oriented agendas, they've decided that what they would do is they would join forces with the Mormons, Muslims, Hindus, and other groups. And a contract was signed. This is where it gets ugly. You see, whenever these contracts come down the pipe where these anti-Christian, non-Christian groups want to sign a contract with Christians, it always has written in there that we Christians have to set aside our doctrinal beliefs. Our doctrinal differences must be set aside. 
Do you understand what they're asking us to do? We're to set aside the doctrine that Jesus is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But that's not what Billy Graham just said, is it? That's not what Focus on the Family is saying either. When they're signing this contract with the Mormons, Muslims, and Hindus, and these other groups, and written in there, you're not permitted to witness to these other groups. Excuse me, but my God, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Be ready in season and out. Be ready at all times to give a reason for the faith you have. Yet these ministers, one after another, after another, after another, is running out signing agreements of unity with these anti-Christian groups. And as part of the pact, they're saying, we will set aside our doctrinal differences. I'm not setting aside my doctrinal differences. And I don't care how politically incorrect they may think I am. I'm going to take a stand, and that's what I'm doing. And I'm informing you so that you will know. Now, how do I know that the Focus on the Family group has joined up with the Mormons, of all people? You already heard what the Mormons believe. And that's just a little tip of the iceberg of what the Mormon church actually teaches. They teach that men can become gods. They have an occultic, satanic ritual, which is not called a satanic ritual. They call it the Mormon temple ritual. But it's kept top secret. Why in the world would a Christian organization join forces with an organization that says Jesus Christ and Lucifer are brothers? Why in the world would a Christian organization join forces with an organization that teaches that God, the Father, is a man who earned his way to become God by being a faithful Mormon on another planet? This is weird stuff, folks. But nonetheless, that's what they've done. Here's some other teachings of the Mormon church. They teach that God is an exalted man. One of their main mottos says, as man is, God once was. As God is, man may become. They teach that human beings can become gods. Now, hmm, where have we heard that from? Oh, Lucifer taught that in Genesis. They also teach that God had sex with the Virgin Mary in order to sire Jesus Christ. This is found in Mormon Doctrine, page 54. Uh, for, sorry, page uh, 546 and 547. They teach there are many gods, not just one. This is in History of the Church, volume 6, page 305 and 306. In uh, Nephi, Third Nephi, chapter 9, verse 1 through 15, they teach that Jesus killed people. In Second Nephi, 521, if you have black skin, you're cursed by God. Salvation by Works, an article of the faith, number three. And the list goes on and on and on of what the Mormon church teaches, which are in direct violation of the scriptures. They teach baptism for the dead, Doctrine and Covenants, 124, uh, 28 through 36. They teach that all other churches are of the devil, 1 Nephi 14.10. They teach that all the beliefs of other churches besides the Mormon church are an abomination before God. Pearl of Great Price, History of Joseph Smith, page 49, just to name a few. Now, why in the world would any Christian organization join forces with the Mormons when they believe all this and more? Why? Why would you join forces with a, with a religion like the Mormons, which teach that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross was not good enough to cover every sin, therefore human beings will have to pay for their own sins by the shedding of their own blood? They call it blood atonement. Thus in Utah, the capital punishment 
is a firing squad. Why a firing squad? Because there's no bloodshed in lethal injection, no bloodshed in electric chair, no bloodshed in the gas chamber, but if they shoot you in the heart, your blood spills out, and their motto is, spill the blood, save the soul. No, my Bible says Jesus spilled his blood to save our souls. That we, by believing in him, will be forgiven of our sins. But that's not what the Mormon church teaches. Yet Focus on the Family has joined forces with them. Now, later on in the year 2007, there's something coming called the World Congress of Families Number 4. You will find what I'm about to read for you at the website, www.worldcongress.org, slash WCF4, slash WCF4.plan.htm. They name some of the people who are behind this family gathering, unity, ecumenical movement. And what you'll find in the list are these. Take a listen. Christy Bennon, International Campaign for the Family, Montana. Alan C. Carlson, the Harvard Center, Illinois. Charles Currier, International Campaign for the Family, Virginia. Janice Krauss, Beverly LaHaye Institute, Washington, D.C. Patrick Fagan, Heritage Foundation, Washington, D.C. Dan Fetter, Dan Fetter Associates, Massachusetts. Jesus Hernandez, Familias y Sociedad, AC, Mexico. Maria Car uh, Claire Hernandez, same organization. Jean M. Heist, the Howard Center. John A. Howard, Howard Center. Larry Jacobs, the Howard Center. Thomas Jacobson, Focus on the Family, Colorado. Christina Lionheart, European Federation on the Family. Barry McLuhan, Family First Foundation, Utah. Allison Manny, Bradley Foundation, Wisconsin. Fernando Melez, Red Familia, Mexico. Patrice Pedersen, the Family Caucus, Utah. Myra Reed, World Family Policy Center, i.e. Mormon, a branch of Brigham Young University. And that's a short list, folks. All these groups, supposed Christian, non-Christian, Catholic, Mormon, all these groups coming together in direct violation of the scriptures we read earlier. And we're told we need to be embracing this world, global, religious system. We need to embrace Rome, embrace the Mormons, embrace this group, embrace that group. But written in the small print of these contracts is, in order to do so, we have to set aside our doctrinal beliefs. I thought you all should know. I'm not setting aside my doctrinal beliefs. I don't know about you. You can set aside yours if you want. But I refuse to become a part of this Catholic takeover of our faith. I refuse to become a part of this, folks. And I feel people need to know what's going on. Before we go, there's one more thing I want to mention. There's an exhibit going around the United States now called From Abraham to Jesus. If it hasn't come to your town yet, I want to let you know what goes on there because uh, it might save you 15 and a half bucks and about an hour or more of wasted time by going there. I was invited. That's why I went. In their commercial, they claim it is an exhibit of the Bible with all kinds of archaeological finds and things that gives you, you know, helps build your faith in the Bible. They also stress the fact that they have pieces of the Dead Sea Scrolls for your viewing pleasure. 
Now that got my attention because I know that the Dead Sea Scrolls support the Mesoretic manuscripts of the Old Testament Hebrew from which the King James Bible was translated. The new Bibles don't come from that text. They come from the Catholic text. So I wanted to see these Dead Sea Scrolls. I was very excited. When I went to the place, one of the first things I noticed was a sign that said sponsored by Zondervan Publications. Now, if it was just me, once I saw that sign, I would have turned around and walked out. Because Zondervan Publications is the organization that brings you the new international version. And if you want to know more about the major problems with these new versions, I've already done several sermons on it. You'll find it at theundergroundchristiannetwork.com. Easy to understand, documented heavily, heavily documented with actual audios just like this sermon has from various different ministers and teachers, which tells you the real background and history of these new Bibles and why no true born-again Christian should use any of these new Bible versions. Period but should simply stick with the King James. Zondervan Publications sponsors this From Abraham to Jesus exhibit, archaeological exhibit that's going all around the American country. When I went in, one of the first things I was introduced to was a security guy with an NIV. When you go in to pay the money, another thing you're introduced to is a pile of NIVs right there, one of the first things you see. They have the NIV, New International Version, Archaeology Edition. You see, they're coming out with the Bible of the week. Every few months or so, it seems, they're coming out with a new version. And they say these new versions are just to make the Bible easier to understand. But that's not the case, folks. If the purpose was making the Bible easier to understand, why then, since 1881, when a new Bible started coming out, has there been more than 120 different new versions that have come out since 1881. I mean, how much do you got to break it down before the people can understand? How dumb do they think we are? That they got to come up over 120 different versions and they still today claim the Bible is too hard to understand, so they're still coming out with more and more and more versions. Folks, it's not about making the Bible easy to understand. It is about making money. So they come out with a Bible for all people, a preacher's Bible, a minister's Bible, elders' Bible, men's Bibles, women's Bibles, children's Bibles, teens' Bibles, Bibles for people of this trade, Bibles for people of that trade. And now they have the archaeology Bible in the NIV with all the doctrinal errors, missing verses, and everything right in there. I went to the lady and says, ma'am, could you do me a favor? She said, what's that? I said, could you open up that NIV archaeology edition to Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, and read it for me, please? She said, sure. She reached over and grabbed it, opened it up, and she went looking and looking and looking, and she couldn't find the verse because the verse is not there. She never knew there were missing verses in the New International Version and in the New Versions. She read verse 20. I says, ma'am, that's verse 20. Let me read for you what verse 21 is. And I read her verse 21 out of my King James. And she looks in there and says, that's not in here. I said, that's right. It's not in there. Now, doesn't the Bible say you're not supposed to take anything from it? That's only one of many verses they've taken out of the Bible. And you guys are selling this right here at the door. You don't want to be in violation of the Word of God, do you? I just thought I'd let you know. 
She said, well, maybe what you should do is you should go through the exhibit and maybe that will answer some of your questions. I said, okay, I'll go through. They give me this little digital thing, and when you stand in front of an exhibit, you type in a number, and it tells you what the exhibit's about. Let me tell you the things that disturbed me besides the NIV flooding the place. One of the first things that you notice there, they have this video that you watch. And they judge time not by the Christian B.C. before Christ, A.D. Adonamani time scale. They judge time by the secular B.C.E. before the common era and C.E. common era, thereby removing Jesus Christ from the timeline. Now that ticked me off because this is supposed to be a Christian exhibit, yet right from the start they remove Christ right from it. Now, they had already gotten my money, and already I was feeling ripped off. All through this exhibit, you're hearing BCE, 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 CE, CE. That frustrated me. Why in the world are they using the same time scale that Jehovah's Witnesses use? They reject Jesus Christ, and they don't use BCAD in theirs. They use BCE and CE in their writings. Another thing you will notice in this exhibit is they don't allow you to have cameras. You can't take pictures or anything. That's why I'm giving it to you in audio form. I didn't sign any contract saying I won't tell people what's there. Third thing you'll notice. Time after time after time at these exhibits, when you type in a little digital number and it explains to you what these archaeological pieces are, when they say Christian, they're talking about the Catholic Church. Not born-again Orthodox Christianity. They're talking about the Catholic Church. And at one exhibit in particular, I brought my friend over and said, type this number in and listen to what they say. This person was a former Catholic. And at the exhibit, it says, and Christianity became the official religion of Rome. Christianity has never been the official religion of Rome. Roman Catholicism is the official religion of Rome. The worship of Mary, the vindication of Mary, the worship of the saints, the praying to the saints. Not Jesus worship. Mary worship is the official religion of Rome. Yet at this exhibit, time after time after time, when they mention Christian, they're talking about the Catholic Church. I think you should know that before you think you're going to a Christian archaeology exhibit. Another thing I couldn't help but notice, they have a lot of idols there. They seem to have gone out to find the idols, the gods, the lowercase g, the statues that they created, and they have a whole lot of the ancient statues that were worshipped, the ancient gods there. Why? Why overwhelm us with all these gods that they worship, these statues? And they have pottery in them. Some of the stuff there is interesting to see. They have some burial things there and stuff of that nature. But one of the things I wanted to see was the Dead Sea Scrolls. But you know what was there? Two tiny fragments. You could fit both fragments on your thumb. Teeny tiny pieces. And they kept it in a dark, dark uh, containment. You could barely see it. I'm like, I pay my money for this? Is that it? I mean, on a commercial, it makes it sound like you have scrolls and scrolls. And, and, and this is it? 
They have a little writing up there where it says, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, vindicates the fact that the Mesoretic text is the correct text. So the Mesoretic text of the Old Testament, the Hebrew, is the text that the King James Bible and only the King James Bible is translated from in the English language. The new Bibles do not come from the Mesoretic text. But for some reason, they didn't mention that. They left that out. Also, the translation of the little pieces of fragments they had there, they had the translation written on a piece of paper above the exhibit. Did they have it written in King James? No. It was written in one of the new versions. That ticked me off. I said, hold on a second. The new versions don't even come from the Masoretic text. I called a security guy and says, come here a second. I said, you see this over here? It says, Mesoretic text, Dead Sea Scrolls confirm the Mesoretic text are correct. The new Bibles don't come from the Mesoretic text. So why would you take Dead Sea Scrolls, if that's what these actually are, and translate them using a Bible version that doesn't even come from the manuscripts the Dead Sea Scrolls vindicate? Wouldn't that be a bait and switch? He said, yeah, I, I see your point. I said, I feel ripped off. I come through here. Jesus Christ is denied, denied, denied in the time scale. I come through here. Here's all these idols, idols, idols of the false gods of the ancients. And then I come to the Dead Sea Scrolls, the big payoff. And what do I get? Two tiny fragments and a new version interpretation rather than a King James interpretation, translation. So I feel ripped off. I feel really ripped off. The only good thing I've found in this exhibit is when you get to the end, they have this section called the History of the Bible, and they have actual copies. I believe it's the Tyndale Bible, the Coverdale Bible, what they call the Martyr's Bible, the Geneva Bible, and they actually have a first edition King James 1611 there under glass. That was the only good thing I was able to see in the whole exhibit. And it didn't fully impress me because I already own a King James that's over 300 years old. But it was nice seeing a first edition in such good condition. But if you want to go to this exhibit and spend your money, I think the least you should know is what this exhibit actually is. Once you get past the history of the Bible thing, you end up in the marketplace, which is set up like an ancient marketplace. And what do you have? You have a lot of stuff there to choose from and a lot of Zondervan NIVs, 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 NIVs. Then they have a little section of King James written by Zondervan. And written on there it says, the King James Version. A timeless tradition. A timeless tradition? Folks, the King James Bible is the word of God, not some tradition. Also, the people behind the new version say, the King James Bible is not for today, it's archaic, it's too old, we need something more modern. Yet, here's Zondervan saying, the King James, it's timeless. I was so fed up, I said, look, I'm, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. I done wasted my money. I done wasted an hour and a half going through this exhibit. And on my way out, I says, here, take this address, www.theundergroundchristiannetwork.com. Listen to some of these sermons about the Bible versions. Listen to the messages that are there. And that's all I can say. I I'm done. I can't take it. And I left.
So now you know. You've been filled in. And I'm not sure when I'll put another audio up or when the Underground Christian Network will let me put another audio up. But I felt this one was important enough for you to know, mainly with the audios of uh, uh, Billy Graham and, and various others. And I hope this has been beneficial to you all. I want to help you all be built up in your faith. I didn't put this audio together to tear anybody down or to rip anybody apart. I care about the Christian people. I love the Christian people. And I believe... A message like this is timely. It is something that you need to hear. I want to warn you about this movement so that when you see these ministers coming along trying to merge Christianity in with Roman Catholicism or, or you know, when they're joining forces with groups that are not Christian, I think you have a right to know. Because if you're sending your money to groups like Focus on the Family or some of these other groups, I recommend you look some of these things up, folks. I can't do your homework for you. Look up this contract called Evangelicals and Catholics Together. Men like Chuck Colson and others who have signed agreements with the Catholic Church. You need to know about this. If you're sending your money into these groups, I think you need to check again and find out what's going on. You need to look into guys like Benny Hinn. Listen to the message, Benny Hinn and Beyond, the Word Faith Movement's Hidden Agenda. Listen to the actual audios of Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Paul Crouch, John Advanzini, and a whole bunch of others as they tell you exactly where they stand and how far they are from the truth of the Bible. The occult power that they demonstrate, the false anointing, the fake healings, the documented fake healings, the fake uh, thing that goes on behind the scenes and actual news media reports of people Benny Hinn claimed were healed that actually wasn't healed. And so much more. There's so much information out there, folks. Get more information about this so that you don't end up wasting your money and wasting your time. This is important stuff, folks. And I care about you enough to put it out there on the line one more time to warn you about this. I hope this message has been beneficial to you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to present this message to your people. And I pray that it will go and fulfill the purpose that you wanted to fulfill. And I thank you in the name of my God, Jesus Christ. Amen. And you've been tuned in to the Underground Christian Network dot com.